So we're going to turn to Judges chapter 2. This message has been brewing for weeks. And, and uh, God is so good. He even confirmed my scripture text Wednesday evening at Bible study. So I knew, man, I'm on the right track here. Pastor gave me plenty of heads up. And, and uh, so I, I just knew that God was wanting this message. And so uh, just uh, pray that God would, would deliver what he would have. I titled it this morning... <clears throat> What's it going to take? What's it going to take? And later I'll get into the why of why I titled it there. But if you turn with me to Judges chapter 2. I was actually reading uh, just scripture one day, and I was reading through the book of Judges, which is one of the books I like to go to to read. And, and this chapter just really struck, stuck out to me and... and uh, it hadn't before, and I just really took note, especially to some of the verses in there. And so I wanted to, to talk about this this morning. It says, And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass, when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochum, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had led the people, let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, and he did for Israel, that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath, Hears in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed." Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand 
of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following the other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because that this people hath transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice, I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. And through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein, as their fathers did keep it or not." Therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out hastily, neither delivered he them unto the land or the hand of Joshua. And so we see this pattern over and over again throughout this chapter and actually through many books of the history of Israel where these people would serve God for a time and then they would corrupt themselves and turn away from God. So there are some basic themes in the book of Judges that I want to pull out. One of those things is, in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The next theme, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of their enemies. And then, and the Lord would raise up a judge to deliver them out of the hands of their enemies. So we see this, this pattern that is developing, and, and we see this corruption that keeps sneaking in. And, and basically what we're seeing is a result of disobedience to begin with because they did not drive out the inhabitants of the land which they were commanded to do. And so these corrupt people were left into the land which the children of Israel were to live. And because of this disobedience, it became a snare. It became a stumbling block. It became a real problem for Israel. And so time and time again, they would corrupt themselves and, and do things and, and they would start worshiping idols and, and they would start following in ways that they should not follow. And then they would cry out to God after God allowed the, the inhabitants of the land to come down hard on Israel. Because with disobedience, there is always an answer. When you're disobedient, there's going to be a problem at the end of that disobedience. You're going to give an account because inevitably, whether this world seeks to or not, we are responsible for our own actions. And so we see these, these things that Israel stumbled and struggled with, and we see these responsibilities 
that they, that they had on their shoulders come back to haunt them because they would not follow God. And so God would raise up a judge, um, somebody that could deliver these children out from underneath the bondage that they were struggling with. We, we saw Gideon raised up. We saw Samson raised up, just to name a couple in this book. And, and we saw how God would mightily deliver them. But then what would happen when times were good, they would turn back away from God. And so we see this constant struggle with Israel in regard to commitment to God. Moses and Joshua had passed, and, and they kept a close eye on Israel when they, when they led those children. And, and it seems like as long as there was a strong leader leading them, they could follow. But as soon as that leader passed, they, they wandered away. Um, and so what we see really happening in Israel is very similar to today. We see a mixed society where there's some believers and there's some non-believers. And then there may be some believers that believed in something other than, than what the children of Israel believed in. And as a result of this, we saw struggle with God's people. You would see people going about their day-to-day -day activities that really had very little significance when it came to the spiritual roots that they held. I can see that today playing itself out as well. As people busy themselves and they're influenced and they just struggle with life and, and they just see things come up in their lives that cause them to be weighted down. Um, we see the same struggles today. The Bible refers to it as cares of this life. And so we get caught up in all of these things that we do as, as a society and, and we struggle with just basic busyness in our lives rather than getting busy with God. I'm here to tell you today it's important that we stay connected with God. It's critically important that we don't lose sight of Him, especially today. If, if I could... If I could do anything today, I would, I would try to let you know that I feel like we're in the end of days. Things that are happening in this world today and in this society today just shock me. And, and things that are coming that are just on the horizon are, are things that I learned about 30 or 40 years ago that would come. And here they are. We're living in the day. We're living in the day. And so if there ever was a time to draw close to God, I feel like it's today, amen? We may not see people today in our society worshiping Baal or Ashtaroth or any other false god, although we might. It wouldn't surprise me, and I've actually heard things that happen that... that the root goes back to those idols. So we're seeing crazy things in our days. But mainly again today, it's just an idol called self. 
It's an idol called self where we busy ourselves with things that our flesh wants instead of our spirit. We actually seem to be ensnared with busyness and self-worship more than anything else. It's a sense that we have time later on to deal with eternity. Don't let yourself be fooled. Can I tell you that nobody is promised tomorrow? We're not promised tomorrow. We only have today. And so I'm here to tell you today that we need to embrace what we have today. We need to figure this out. Last week, Pastor talked a lot about testing, about a test. We don't have a testimony without a test. And you know what? God will allow the test to come. He'll allow it. Job was tested. You know, maybe we look back at Job and, and he was, it says he was a righteous man. Maybe he was a little complacent in his righteous attitude. Maybe he got so comfortable that it was time for the test. God allowed it to happen, and it came. Daniel was tested. Now, these are men of God that are following God. But God allowed for them to be tested. They went through some things. The, he, the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went through some tests. They had to give an answer. But you know what? They came through their test. And, and they had a testimony because of that test. I don't know about you today, but I stand before you and I want to pass my test. It's more important than any other test I've ever had. More important than any test I ever took in school. More important than any test I ever took in college. This test, my life literally depends on this test. And so I want to pass this test and I just want to, I just want to let you know it's important that we don't take it for granted. God only tests us when he knows we can make it through. And you know what? He's so gracious and merciful to us that while we're going through that test, he's right alongside of us. What a glorious God we serve. I want to tell you that today, if you're sitting here, you've been called. It's no coincidence that you're sitting here. With God, there are no coincidences. With God, there's always a reason why. And so you being here today is because God wants you. He led you here, amen? Now, it seemed like the children of Israel were constantly taking God for granted when you look back. They just felt like 
They could do no wrong, maybe. Or maybe they were just so comfortable with their circumstances when things were good that they just thought they could wander off a little ways. But I'm here to tell you today, we have got to stay focused. We have got to stay focused if we value our eternal soul this morning. So important that we don't take his mercy for granted. It seems like sometimes people are only ever able to serve God under extenuating circumstance. I've heard of men that they only can serve God when they got in trouble with the law, jailhouse religion. I don't want to have to be thrown in jail to find my altar today. I don't want to find myself in struggle in life just so that I can find God. I want to serve him when the serving, when the getting is good. I want to serve him when life is blessing me, and I want to serve him when life has given me a struggle. Because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. All the same. Life is just life. But I'm serving God today because I love God. I'm serving him because I want to be closer to him. He has shown me a better way. And so I feel a sense this morning of desperation in my heart to share with you, just embrace God. Just embrace the Lord this morning. Just hold close to him. He is offering you something so dynamic, so powerful, so loving, so wonderful, that you are never going to find it in any other source. You're not going to find the answer any other place. So trust God this morning. Don't take him for granted. We need to cry out to God. And we don't need to just wait until we have to. Don't wait until problems are in your life to reach out to God. Reach out to God every single day. When the sun is shining and when it's raining or snowing. Reach out to God because he loves you. He loves you. You know what? God today is still looking for a commitment from his people. He's looking, he was looking back then for a commitment from Israel. He was constantly looking. And because he was constantly looking, he was constantly giving them a chance to commit. And they struggled with that commitment. But we've got to learn what commitment's all about. You know, he's looking for a bride, a church. The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ, the church. 
And he's looking for a bride, not a girlfriend. Not a casual acquaintance. He wants a commitment, a full heart commitment from us. And if we haven't yet committed to that, then we're losing out. We're really messing ourselves out of an opportunity which is beyond opportunities. It's a blessing beyond blessings. We have got to figure out what's going on in this commitment. Where is our heart at? Where is our heart at? How committed are we? Are we only committed when there's struggle in our lives? Or are we committed to God no matter what? I love coming to church on Sunday. I love gathering with the people of God. I love that feeling when the blessings start to flow, when we're worshiping him, and you can just feel his presence come in thick like a cloud. Wow, there's no substitute for that. This is where I charge up my batteries because my batteries get wore down during the week. I come here and I get filled back up. And I want to tell you today, I'm committed. I'm committed all the way, not part way. You see, judgment is coming. Judgment's coming. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. We don't know. If I could today, I would personally like to scare everyone within hearing distance of my voice into serving God. I would. I, I sometimes sense a, a lethargy and seemingly unconcerned attitude about salvation. And you know what? That scares me. Because my eternal soul is the only thing that I can take with me beyond. When I cross over, when this life is over, when I take my last breath, I can't take any of my possessions at home. I recently bought a new motorcycle. Well, not new. New to me. Harley Davidson. Waited my whole life to have one. Finally got it. But you know what? That bike is not an eternal bike. I can't ride it off into the sunset. I probably won't be able to ride it in the clouds. It's going to stay here when I leave. But my eternal soul, that's different. That's something that I can control. I can make the commitment, and I know that God's going to take me home. Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you that eternity is forever? Do we ever think about that? I know as a young man, I thought, man, I'm young. Got my whole life ahead of me. It's going to last forever. You know, and we, we walk around being invincible, or we think we're invincible. Man, oh man, all it takes is one bad circumstance to make you rethink that. One accident, one problem, and the next thing you know, you're starting to realize you're not the man of steel that you thought you were. 
even with old men. With old men. You know, the greatest reason for old men getting injured is because they still think they're young men. It's true. So old guys, you're still not invincible. Talking to myself. I want to tell you today, though, that hell is real. And we only have one chance to avoid it. I've, I've heard testimonies of people that left this earth without God and how they left in fear. I don't want to die like that. I don't want to die like that. I don't want to go to hell. But you know what? That's not why I serve God. Hell is, hell is a place to avoid, but I stand before you this morning because I love God and I want to serve Him. That's why you serve God. You don't serve Him out of fear. You see, He doesn't intentionally send anybody to hell. In fact, he says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. If we end up going to hell, it's because we chose to hold on to things that we knew were bad for us. And so we need to find repentance in our life. We need to find a place to touch base with God. We need to find a place to make a commitment to God. And while I'm scared of hell, that's not why I serve him. I serve him because he's been so good to me. Thank you, Jesus. He's been so good to me. He's been so loving to me. He has shown me in so many ways that he's right there with me. He has shown my loved ones in so many ways that he's right there with them. He has given me the answer in the dark of night when I was wondering and I was perplexed, he has been there to answer me. He has been there to let me know that he cares for me. He has delivered me from problems in my life. All I had to do is reach out to him. And he's been there for me. I love him this morning. And that's why I serve him. That's why I am bound and determined to hold on to this commitment. And nothing or nobody is ever going to talk me out of it. I'm committed to him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just worship him a moment? Thank you, Lord. I love you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How can I stand here and be any less committed to him than he has been to me? How can I be any less committed to him? He has shown so much love. Oh, how he has loved us. We have to be careful about love for the cares of this life, for this world that we're in. 1 John 2 Verses 15 through 17 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What a promise to us. If I stick it, stick to it with him, and I just refuse to be swayed, he's going to be with me, and I will abide with him forever. So fear should not be our motivating factor in serving God. Instead, we should desire to serve the Lord because he has loved us so much. He has been so good to us. He laid down his life for us. We just went through the Easter season, and it's a reminder of why. It's a reminder of why we come to church. Because he conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. He conquered it. There is really nothing else we have to do but accept his love. And so that's why I serve the Lord. John 15 and 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You see, he calls us friends. He calls us his friends. And he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Thank you, Jesus. And so today, we have a window of opportunity. Now, a window of opportunity is the time during which there is a chance to do something. A window of opportunity is a short, often a fleeting time period during which a rare and desired action can be taken. Our window of opportunity comes in our lifetime. But we don't know how long we might live. I've heard of young people going to, to their reward early. I remember a pastor that used to come through. Uh, this was many years ago. I, I lived in Nebraska, and he would come through and, and preach. And he was just a wonderful man of God. And he shared with us one time that his son, his young son, decided he was a teenager. He decided he was done with church for a while. And he took and he left the church. And so this dad was praying for him. But before that boy could come back and make things right with God, he was killed in an accident. And I can remember when he shared that with us, how heavy he, you could feel how heavy his heart was because he wasn't sure where his son was. You see, we're just not guaranteed. Anything could happen. And so we can sit here and think our life is zero to 100 years old, but we're not guaranteed that. Today might be our last day. Today might be our last day. And so that shrinks down your window of opportunity significantly so if you haven't done anything about making that commitment to God, 
You need to do it today. Today is a, the only guarantee that you have. Don't wait. Genesis 6-3, early on, God talked about how he would not always be there with man. He says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Strive means to make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And so the scripture makes clear that we have a chance, but we better not blow it. We have a chance today, today to commit to God. But we don't have that guarantee that we have that same opportunity tomorrow. Today is your window of opportunity. Today is. The parable of the sower comes to mind. Luke chapter 8, verses 5 through 8 and 11 through 15 says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground, and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that, that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should, be belie should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on good ground, on good ground are they which in honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. I want to be good, good ground for God's word. I want my heart to be receptive and open because today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's today. It's not tomorrow. And so if, if you've been sitting back waiting, if you've allowed thorns to get into your life, cares of this life, busyness, problems, struggles, distractions, there are so many things to distract us today. Don't allow those distractions to convince you that you can do it tomorrow. Let God move on your heart today. Allow him into your, into your being. Get into his presence. I'm here to tell you it's a wonderful thing to be in the presence of God. It's a wonderful thing to gather up front here with, with people like-minded and to just pray and to bask in his love. 
This world needs to feel a little bit of that love today. And you know what? We're supposed to be the witness. We're supposed to be the light so the world can see their way to God. And so they are depending on me to quit procrastinating, to quit being busy, to quit casting aside, and allow God to work in my life. Someone out there might be depending on it because they might be this close to eternity. Their window of opportunity might be shrinking. I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be the one that keeps someone else from seeing Jesus. Thank you, God. And so in conclusion today, I would ask that the musicians come up. I want to ask you this question. What's it going to take? What's it going to take in your life? What circumstances are finally going to rock you to the place where you submit to God? What is keeping you from feeling the love of God, the presence of Jesus? What is so important out there that could possibly keep you from giving your eternal soul to Jesus? Judgment's coming. Judgment is coming. What's holding you back? What's tying you up? Busyness? Too, too worried about lunch later? Too worried about a shopping trip? Too worried about spending money? What is it? There's time for God. There's time for God in our lives. So in conclusion, I want to read some, some words here. What's it going to take? Back in the 80s, I listened to a band that recorded a song called What's It Gonna Take? It was The Archers. And, and it has meant a lot to me throughout my walk with God because it's a reminder that there is something that I have to lay down. It says, standing on the edge of town feels like you're on holy ground. You're looking for your shooting star and still waiting for an answer. You know what? That shooting star, that sign you're looking for might not happen. No one's here, just you and me. But you don't believe what you can't see. Maybe somewhere off in space is where you think you'll find me if you want to find me. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to get through to you? What's it going to take? What's it going to take to get through to you? Knocking, knocking at your heart's door. I'm knocking, but you still ignore. All you do is analyze. You don't really listen. So hurry, hurry. Time won't last when it's falling in life's hourglass. Don't wait until it all comes down when you try to find me, if you still can find me. What's it gonna take? What's it gonna take to get through to you? What's it gonna take? What's it gonna take to get through to you? I've tried to melt your heart of stone, 
I'll always be forgiving. But if you wait too long, I'll be gone. And there's nothing I can do. I've tried to get to you. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until you can't find him. Come to him today while you can find him. Don't be like somebody in, in Israel's past where they could only serve him when they're under duress. Come to him today. Today's a good day to decide for Jesus. Today's a good day to make that commitment to him. He's been so good to you. He's been so patient. He's waiting just to love you. I want to open these altars today, and I just want you to step out and come to him because he loves you so much he laid down his life for you today. And I want to love him back. Who am I to hold back from him?